0: Welcome to Playful Podcast, your guide into the underground scene where we discover topics on kink and electronic music every week. Don't forget to subscribe to not miss out on our next episode. We're excited to be here today with Bishop Black, who is a porn actor, producer and director. Bishop takes us through the scenes of the porn industry, how they got started with a hardcore mainstream BDSM scene that didn't quite do it for them, yet continued and found their path as a today's strong voice for the scene and one of the most requested porn performers. I am Amanda and this is Playful Podcast. <laughs>
1: and he said oh yeah bishop is in in every porn ever made i can't have a wank without bishop (laughs) i was like
0: it's super true (laughs) it is super true i don't know how you do it like you are working hard (laughs) i don't know how to react to that before we start this week's episode, I have a little gift for you, as this episode is brought to you by Cheeks. You may know by now that we at Playful stand behind the message pay for your porn, not only as it's better for all parts involved with the creation of it, but also as you'll get real quality. That's why we're so excited to be able to give you a seven days free trial of Cheeks. Now you can finally stay at home on this rain and gray Day and just dwell in erotic films, erotic audio stories, expert led workshops on sexual wellness, and a taboo breaking magazine. You see, there's a lot of pleasure, but also some knowledge. So, if I were you, I'd go to getcheeks.com, link is also in our description, and type in the code playful7. That means playful in capital letters and the number seven. Personally, I love Cheeks and what they're adding to the pornography scene. Scrolling through GetCheeks.com, you'll not only get turned on and get many amazing ideas to incorporate in your own sex life, but also some educational content and audio erotica. Who doesn't want to get turned on when walking around with your headphones listening to sexy stories about things that may or may not happen? With the promo code PLAYFUL7, you'll get access to the subscription-based sexual wellness platform Cheeks. For free for seven days, when you select the annual subscription option, you can cancel any time during the trial and also change to your monthly subscription if you prefer that. Head to the link in the episode description and dive into a world of healthy sexual pleasure. Thank you, cheeks.: How long have you been living in Berlin? You speak very good German.
1: Ah uh, thank you. <laughs> it's been 12 years almost.
0: 12. Years. And did, how, how long time did it take until you learned? And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: Um, It took about a couple of years. One course, which was basically the uh, assimilations course, uh, that I took ages ago, which I was only there for like four months of the six, and also working in bars and getting very, 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 very drunk and not worrying about how I speak German to get me into speaking German. Life hack, mm-hmm. like alcohol and languages really work well because then all that sort of like, am I saying the right thing or not, kind of goes out the window, and you're like, no, I'm gonna get my point across right now.
0: That's the that's the only thing you have in mind. Yeah. That's true. That's really a good tip. I need to drink more and like go to bars alone i think like without people who speak english
1: mm, but mm-hmm. also go to some good bars like tier or what else is a good bar my bar for half there's a good bar
0: your bar
1: <laughs> i don't own the bar i work there sometimes
0: okay where is yeah.
1: it uh, it's on schillenstrasse Strada 6 where is it and I can so it's like quite scam basically you have like the of you've got like a movie Mento Kino da. there and then you go a bit further up towards, like, Compositeur. And then you've got, um, there's this little park area with one street going down. And there's another side from the Shunna Strasse where it goes this way. And it's just on the Shunna Strasse, basically. They do cocktails and it's a nice little vibe and stuff.
0: Yeah, it's a nice, uh, yeah. Okay, yep. I'm definitely coming.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I don't work that so often anymore. But, like, when you do, just let me know and I we'll have a drink together.
0: Yes, perfect. Looking forward yeah okay i'm so excited to have you here thank you so much for coming
1: thank you for having me
0: yeah i'm gonna get to like dig deeper and learn more about you I'm Oh so no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah let, let, let's see how how far you let us in but uh could you uh, tell me about your how your own porn interest started
1: yeah um hmm well, I came out as bisexual when I was 17 years old. Um, after a very weird sort of like, you know, discovery of trying to find that out. Um and I've one of the things I noticed when I came out, and I was living in the London at the time, one of the things that I noticed when I came out when it came to publications, um, whether it's free publications like Boys Magazine or other things, was that there wasn't really much of representation for black bodies basically so there was this one this free magazine that i mentioned uh, before uh boys magazine had a little um page called the backroom boy and um, at the time i was like you know identifying more cis so i uh wanted to be um a backroom boy and I eventually managed to find my way into like being the background boy and that was like something that I wanted to do because I wanted to see people like me in the work that I was also kind of consuming as well. And then later on, uh, I worked mostly with glamour modeling, which is basically more nude modeling, also uh, life modeling as well.
0: Oh, so how did you get into that?
1: Um, there's like a website you can go to. You can like register, and then they um do like different types of modeling experiences. So um they do like you know art classes, and I went to do that. Basically, we're you
0: living in London. Though? I was
1: still living in London. Yeah, they also had hen parties, so I went to do like uh, life modeling for hen parties, which was completely hilarious but paid more. So like, I was very much into working with them. And then I did my first porn movie when I was twenty three. I'm thirty seven, almost thirty eight now, and um, it was like of order. Uh, Basically, (laughs) I did this like my first film when I was twenty three. After doing some more like glamour modeling things, and I also uh, did some sets work stuff as well. Um, Actually, was not um it wasn't really like deliberate but I just fell into it so to speak mm-hmm. and with the get with the first porn it was like a gay porn film uh very bdsm um very uh hardcore <laughs> and I was like okay this is my first film that's like you know some people kind of like start off slowly I did like a one I did like a little um uh, solo masturbation scene beforehand and that was my slowly before going straight into that
0: wow deep dive
1: (laughs) very very big deep dive excuse me Mm. and then i i didn't do anything until i moved well i did some performance art stuff revolving like body work basically which is like the beginnings of my performance art world life and then i moved to berlin after like going a few times over to do a um to do a couple of like uh, performances with this artist who i was working with called Voice Cosma. And then eventually, after, like, maybe a couple of years, I decided to kind of go back into porn again and worked with Capsule Film, mm-hmm. ASTs, Dandy Dicks. And then eventually, from that point, it kind of just, uh, after I did my first scene as Bishop Black, because I wasn't Bishop Black until um, having my cake, basically, which was, like, the first major scene as Bishop Black. And then from that point, everything kind of stopped, started rolling,
0: Okay, okay, so I have so many questions. But mm-hmm. uh, first, I would love to know how it was for you to start to shoot your first film, as it was, like, hardcore BDSM. Were you nervous? And did no. you know how, like, you know, what you were getting into?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I was very much aware of what I was getting into. And actually, for me, it was kind of funny, because it was this whole...
0: Brave. It very was... brave
1: it was kind of um it's a very, very weird one because it was kind of i wouldn't be i wouldn't do that this 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 like in these days because uh there was a lot of like opportunistic things going on like the, the whole story was about um two guys who two white guys who basically like take this black guy in for dope testing basically because they say he's an athlete basically and he goes in for like this testing because they, they say he's do he's doping and then surprise he's not doping it's a bdsm scene so it's like abduction and stuff and for me it was just like okay well whatever this is hilarious i'm just going to like you know just just enjoy myself and have some fun and yeah i've had a lot of fun up till the sex because the sex was the only time when i was a bit like okay well this is not fun anymore Be- not because he wasn't fun to have sex with two guys it's just that they didn't wash themselves beforehand and it was a very big it was a very hot day in june so they were marinating quite a while so like for me personally it was like that wasn't the fun thing to do like i I mean
0: did you oh my god i want to cry did you you tell them on set
1: no i mean i was i was literally strapped to a spanking chair (gasps) and like you know i have like i had like this guy's dick in my mouth it's and it was a marinated dick so for me it just wasn't the most like hardest thing i think that kind of turned the sort of like how do you keep a down. boner
0: in this situation
1: uh, well the good thing about it is that you don't really need to do it for this particular one <laughs> because it was like you're basically being like you know the sub who's being spanked and played around okay, true. so i mean that was like the only thing that wasn't the best thing and that was just only because of the fact that like you know it would have been nice to the guy like washed himself before like
0: did you tell them way. ever no no you just like i was like never seeing you again
1: yeah you know it's just a little one-off you tried it some of it was cool some of it was yeah not as fun but yeah
0: was this more to say a mainstream
1: uh, oh yeah it was completely mainstream yeah? yeah so
0: you started out there okay and then you've been like finding your ways so how come you moved to berlin
1: um, I just didn't want to live my whole life living in London, basically. Mm. I feel like um, I lived my entire life in London and I wanted to give the opportunity to actually travel other, to other places and experience different like lives. Somehow I got stuck in Berlin because <laughs> I didn't think I'd be staying here for that long. And now 12 years have almost passed. And um, yeah, it's weird to, to say that it's been such a long time um because i thought maybe i'll go to somewhere else and i'll explore other places but obviously life has a funny way of actually like you know um well the best lay plans and everything basically um
0: show you what you need more than what you want maybe sometimes
1: yeah and i guess what was good to, is was to have like a sense of like you know security because i could i could have easily like traveled to other places but what i found over the time of living in berlin is that there were a lot of things that um, even if I would try to escape to another place in in the world I wouldn't be able to escape escape my problems mm. so if I was going to move to another place especially as you get older like if I'm going to move to another place I want to make sure that I'm moving to the, another place not to run away from something but instead because I because I'm ready and um, for a really good while like I was thinking that i was ready and i wasn't um but i was still thinking about other places i can go and visit and to try to live in um right now i think all signs point to spain for some reason but um yeah i don't know um i think now my whole ethos is that i'm just going to leave it open basically there's been a lot of things that i'm really grateful to berlin for like career-wise life-wise and I don't think I would have probably had the same career if I lived in London.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I, I just have to go back a little bit to to before, to London again. Mm-hmm. But how did, or like, how did your family find out you perform or how were they taking that part?
1: Well, that is a very funny story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I started porn in the days where the internet wasn't as strong as it is now, regarding like uh, platform invisibility or stuff so like uh, platforms like um, OnlyFans and um, just for fans and stuff that never existed back in the day. Obviously, there were cam sites, but nothing like what we have nowadays, and nothing like the visibility that porn has in um, in the sort of public eye. Um, so I lived in a time when there were still magazines coming out. So my cousins went to a porn store one day in Soho and saw me in a cover. So that was really hilarious. And then I think they may have told my sister, but my sister, my older sister, didn't tell me until later on. Meanwhile, I told I had to tell my dad twice because the first time um, he didn't
0: hear you. <laughs> I
1: don't know, but I don't hear you. <laughs> yeah, no, I had to tell him twice, and the second time he told me that he accidentally saw me in a porn online. Um, which oh was hilarious. So I was like, "Oh, okay, cool, <laughs> fine, yeah." My brother, who's an older my older brother, who's gay, also saw me in a porn online.
0: That must um, have been a, a, a like turn off for them. I mean, yeah. you're you trying to have a great time, and suddenly your son or your little brother come, comes in, not
2: even <laughs>
0: knocking on the door, on the freaking screen. I spoke That's to intense. somebody.
2: <laughs> I spoke
1: to somebody today. And I, I, gotta like, I think they're, they're gonna be fine with me sharing this, but um, they messaged me today saying like, oh, they they ran into, do you know Watercrasshole? No. Uh, Watercrasshole is Walter a really lovely person. If he's listening, hello. Um, so I ran into Crasshole the other day, and I came up, the subject of Bishop came up. And he said, oh, yeah, Bishop is in in every porn ever made. I can't have a wank without Bishop. (laughs) I was like...
0: It's super true. (laughs) It is super true. I don't know how you do it. Like, you are working hard. (laughs) I don't know how to react to that.
1: I mean, I'm really grateful that there have been... That I've had, like, such a busy career regarding um how many
0: films do you do you perform in a year
1: well actually this year i've not performed in so many this year i've done like a couple of hard work films and i think maybe one other film um because i started to do a lot more feature films so uh next year in february there is this uh film i shot with harvey rabbit called captain Fagatron saves the universe which will have its world premiere in in Rotterdam. And the Rotterdam International Rotterdam Film Festival, uh, which is super cool and super amazing. And I'm really happy, looking forward to seeing it. I just went to France to see another film I was in, which is in the Locarno Film Festival called uh, De Noche Les Catos Ampados, uh, which is basically translates to At night all cats are grey. So that's gonna have a release in Berlin next year as well in February. So let's uh, hopefully like you know I'll put sort of post-ups on my on my social media. And then there's another one that's still in post-production, which I shot last year and the year before, called Clara and Luke, which stars myself and Lena Benbain, as well as Yasko, Fida, Dante Dionis, Jamal Phoenix, and also Nikolai Jism. Uh, So there's there's a bunch of people in that film, Um, and that I don't know when the release date of that is, but uh, that's basically what I've been kind of. doing a lot more of and then in the meanwhile there's also some stuff from like him eros by david wavy that i shot last year as well um so i mean there's like i just it,
0: thought about that i the other day got got a text from uh, a friend who said <laughs> i mean, wedding bishop is sitting next to me i'm so starstruck
1: wait what yeah <laughs> wait wait wedding
0: yeah it was like two weeks ago maybe
1: what was I doing in the wedding?
0: I don't know. You were in a coffee shop or something. Oh,
1: you? that was somebody like um, when we were doing that uh, residency program with uh, Peaches. Probably. Yeah.
0: He was super starstruck.
1: <laughs> oh, so, but it's so weird. <laughs> so like weird, it yeah. feels so weird to hear this stuff because I don't I don't necessarily like, you know, see myself as anything other than just like me. And I'm walking through like Berlin and I'm just literally like just another person on the street. So I don't mm-hmm. find this level of like stardom doesn't, it feels kind of a bit removed from me, especially because half of the stuff that I've done, there were like, was like maybe like you know a few months before, or a year before, and it comes out, and everyone's like, "Oh my god!" And like, well, I, that was like,
0: you forgot before. about it already, yeah. Well,
1: no, it's not like forget about it, but it's like the whole energy of it was kind of like dissipating in some way, so it's not as like strong or like, yeah, yeah. it was like, oh, cool, that's great, that's super nice, and I'm really, I don't want to like shit on like you know my career because I mean I'm like I said I'm entirely grateful for like all the work I've I've done with the people that I've worked with and also like get an opportunity to work to talk with other people uh get to meet like people who see my work and everything else or fans and everything else I'm really grateful for that because it's a really beautiful thing it's just also kind of um this weird misnomer of people who like you know assume that like oh yeah but it's Bishop, da, 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 da. what are you doing I'm literally like at home scratching my ass like smoke, <laughs> maybe smoking a joint and like you know watching some Netflix you know like yeah. this so it's a very weird like two parallel lives to lead in some weird sort of white way and I'm, I'm 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 cool with that and especially now that i'm kind of going more into back into theater because i have um i was a, a solo show coming up in in march the one that i've done before with the bad house nine called becoming my body and i'll be starting a new production basically so i kind of my my focus is more on like movement and dance and actually like kind of improving my skills basically especially with like more burlesque and cabaret stuff
0: you are being very creative like I don't understand where <laughs> you find the inspirations.
1: Um, a lot of it has to do with BDSM topics. Um, so a lot of my performances on in, in more like club scenes, like House of Lunacy, for example... Um, they give us they give like all the performers a lot of like inspiration with the themes and stuff but a lot of my work has to do with like BDSM as kafasis, basically so there could be like the candle crown performance which was at um, the Harvard Playful Party uh, which is a lot to do with like obviously wax play and then also kind of movement within that wax play um, there's some performances performances with um, self-monification as well which is super fun to do but also very tricky so i performed that once and i really love it but it takes a little bit of like effort to kind of uh get the tape around or the the cling film around and then cut yourself out of it um there's also uh the one where i tie my legs up with this one silicone tube in, in my mouth and you have one in my anus and I kind of just tie my legs up with both of them.
0: Incredible!
1: So it's just a lot of like things that I kind of want to try start and find.
0: I a picture before you see it, <laughs> but it sounds incredible. It's
1: fun to do, but it takes a lot of preparation, literally.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> But no, I like no preparation you haven't done before. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was me giving a look.
0: <laughs> Have you? Do you also watch yourself? Like when oh, it comes no. to films, do you watch your uh, films after they're released?
1: Mm, no i if it, if it's in the berlin Pulp Film festival then i will watch it um because i mean i'm there so why not but if i'm watching i don't really watch my 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 own work um as much unless something needs to be reviewed or if i just need to give a go ahead for it because uh, i I'd, I'd feel like you could totally do this and i think it's not really such a bad um sort of like Thing to do to kind of see. Oh, okay, that was nice. Or maybe I need to kind of relax a bit more, or this and that. But I think also taking notes for a particular like um, demographic or genre as pornography is a bit weird because I'm just you don't know what the what will happen in terms of like working with your next performer, working in the next space, working with your next like company or director you don't know how you're going to be as well or you don't know how the interaction with your performer is going to be so i'd rather just kind of just leave it open to just experiencing things on the day or the day before we have a bit of a talk and discussion and see how we vibe with each other you know
0: many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care
2: So
1: I rarely look at the work that I that I that uh, I've shot unless the uh, like you know maybe there's a viewing night mm. or um, it's the porn film festival or maybe um, I'm just a little bit noir-ish, like uh, interested but yeah
0: yeah okay but um, like we were speaking before uh, about that you're also doing some other things behind the behind the scenes not only uh, producing directing and acting but i was thinking because now you have such a and also thinking of the the first film you were in when you didn't know the performers and you were surprised mm. now on set you often know the people you perform with
1: um yes i i do sometimes the particular scene that i work in is quite small in terms of like the the independent alternative um ethical um porn scene basically. So uh there's a lot of people who I already have worked with before in the past or at least I know of them, um, which makes things a lot a little bit easier basically in terms of like interacting with them basically. Um I've being in situations where I've worked with people who I don't know, like for example, I've worked with Joy Bear, and with that there was this performer called uh, Julia Delicea, who we end up making I end up we ended up making a really fun porn together, and that was the first time we worked together. And Julia was fantastic um and really supportive, which was really helpful because um i yeah, like you said, initially when I first started, especially when I worked with X Confessions for the first time. Uh the film was Dominate Me and it was this BDSM film with Sylvia Ruby. And Sylvia was really, really nice and really sweet, but like we didn't we couldn't communicate so well with each other because like my my English is very English in the British in a British sense. So a lot of the times it comes out in a very I don't know, like my friends make fun of my accent when they're like, Yeah, you want a b- what and I imagine that's how it probably sounded like to Sylvia and sylvia didn't speak that much english so then we had to find a way to communicate with uh, with each other like that was like 10 years ago or something like that and that was really it was in the end it was really fun because like you know we got to it was difficult for me because i didn't have um an erection because obviously stage fright and stuff Mm -hmm. and then we had to kind of like work around that so then there was this one infamous scene where i used this pinwheel uh, which is like this like it's like a star-shaped uh, wheel on, like, this metal thing. And you yeah, can... yeah, yeah. I used that on my penis, basically. Uh, so, I was, like, rolling the uh, pinball up and down my cock. So, when this was... What is it
0: supposed to do? It's, like, a little pain, but it's yeah, also it's, pleasurable, it's... or...
1: um, For me, it was pleasurable, mm. but it's also, obviously, like, a bit of pain as well. Um, and it depends also about the pressure that you put on it. So, like, obviously with like certain areas you can like be harder with the pressure with other areas you can be softer with the pressure Mm. so this was shown at babylon kino and eric lust was there and i remember the response that people gave to that particular scene was like oh my gosh what are you
0: doing
1: and i'm like well it's just me
0: yeah (laughs) oh people were shocked
1: yeah people were completely shocked because i think they just didn't see something like that Mm -hmm. In that sort of like format, and I think it's not like this isn't this isn't anything new. I'm, I'm pretty sure that there was somebody else who did that back in the day as well, or like in other films. For but now it's
0: pretty common, though.
1: What to do that? Maybe yeah. I don't
0: know. <laughs> I've not seen it myself. Using, using the instrument, I've seen in some other movies. Yeah, like recently. Yeah. Even on, I I was at the the ex confession party at the Monster Ranch. Ah, yeah, cool. There was one, at least one film or. Where they used that tool, I think.
1: Maybe that was the same film I was in. Maybe. Was it, was it a person? You were part?
0: probably in. You were in many of them.
1: Yeah, there's like 15 films. Okay,
0: <laughs> so this is the film you talked about then. Okay, so maybe you are the one who brought it in then. But I felt it was maybe. natural. I was not like, oh my God, what is it? I was like, what are they doing? I was like, this, this feels like, I don't know. It was beautiful. It was hot. It was a tool that was used to like create a vibe
1: Mm. you know no i mean the idea that
0: was just creatively coming from you
1: yeah yeah lust didn't come up with that idea i just was like let's do this (laughs) um but i think yeah basically when it comes when it my original like thought when it came to like you know going to the porn industry is this idea of actually demystifying or taking away this like idea that certain things are only for certain types of people uh, I think BDSM and kink is something that we don't really like see from a black perspective or like, you know, see certain enjoyments of black people's authentic enjoyment of, of BDSM. And I think that's something that I wanted to kind of explore for myself as a way to kind of be like, hey, I'm enjoying this. This is something that can be open and you can be submissive in certain so, in certain contexts or you can be like, you know, enjoying sort of like pain or bondage in certain contexts and there have Amazing people like Karitio, for example, uh, who works at Karada House, who, like, you know, really kind of helped me kind of, like, explore that a lot more regarding Shibari and bondage and also um, literally having the opportunity to kind of, like, give myself permission to enjoy those particular types of uh, kinks.
0: I mean, how much time do you put in to your... Because... uh, I don't know how you say it Karada House Karada House Mm -hmm. they have like workshops and these kind of things do you put in a lot of time on going to workshops you know in your free time or as education Mm. on the side because I just can't make sense of your schedule Um, well,
1: neither like, can in I. The morning
0: I go to the <laughs> gym. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, I mean, 24 uh, hours a day.
1: <laughs> there just needs to be a bit. I mean, I'm not always like great with going to certain things of, of my free time. Um, mm. mostly because I think you know, when I do have my free time, I'm usually just resting and like turning my brain off. So, um, I think, yeah, because. I haven't had the opportunity to go as often to like events as I would like to do maybe that'll be a new thing for 2023.
0: Yeah, I hope hope so. It's good to to like because you it's hard. I I feel it's very hard to be creative and come up with ideas mm. when you're always watching your next step or you're like preparing for the next thing and right. you don't get to turn off your mind.
1: Yeah, yeah, that is something that um and that's also one of the reasons why I kind of want to focus a bit more on, like, you know, building up my skills uh, regarding movement, regarding performance, and also regarding, like, create, like, taking some more time into looking to, like, uh, the sort of universe of Bishop Black and kind of, like, trying to manifest that more mm-hmm. in terms of what is what is this sort of universe that I'm trying to cultivate or trying to, like, you know, show to to the public. And how can I then, as... A performer or as an artist basically um give space and give time to actually like build up more things, whether it's creating props or building props that like, you know, add to that, or if it's going to like more dance classes or movement classes, or even going to like, you know, some uh workshops and stuff. The idea now for me is that as I'm feeling more assured in what I want to kind of do, I would like to kind of then take more time to kind of build up
0: um um uh, more
1: skills and like yeah. you know just to kind of kind to perfect them a bit more you know
0: yeah but when you lived in london did you also have a big uh, community back then
1: communities in what way
0: in like you were hanging out with other perform porn performers directors and you know no
1: not at all everything no? came from berlin I didn't uh, when I was still hanging out in London um, I was like I said I was doing more performance arts related stuff so um, I like I said I worked with this uh, artist called Wojciech Cosma who actually introduced me to Berlin in the first place Mm -hmm. Um, and there was another um, body painter who I worked with called uh, Victoria Guggenheim who makes amazing um, body painting work as well and basically from that point i've always just been kind of involved within like you know that but then not really working with any porn performers after the first porn i did basically so it wasn't until berlin um where i went into more like sex work things where i worked in in more like you know pornography where i worked in more performance because i didn't really feel like i had the i wasn't feeling certain of myself back when i was living in london to actually do like, performances or, like, really kind of go into porn because I wanted to be... I guess I wanted, like, something a lot smaller to kind of start off with because the mainstream scene is a very difficult um, scene to kind of jump into, especially as a, as a black performer um, and especially as a black bisexual performer. So there's not really much of a window to kind of... There wasn't much of a window to kind of, like, you know, uh, explore or to kind of, like, become seen or become like you know uh somebody who's sought after and i feel like in that sort of regard that all the things that have kind of come up in the last couple of years from like you know OnlyFans fans and all these other clip things or clip sites are really helpful um i think at the same time there still needs to be a lot more work regarding how we kind of approach sexuality and how people who are, like, artists can get the chance to actually, or, like, sex workers can get the chance to actually properly do their work without being discriminated against. Um, I don't... And I think also... It's a difficult situation because I feel like there's always, like, this catch away thing of, like, oh, there's this new site where we can work on and we can actually earn our money as, like, independent as possible, which I think is fantastic. Um, I think the reasoning for most people is because like yeah we need to, then you need to make a quick buck and I get that. Like, you know, during yeah. the corona time that was necessary. Um that people then find themselves working in pornography. And I don't think that's like a, a bad thing because I feel there's some people who actually have made amazing careers from that. Um I think also at the same time you had to respect the the field that you kind of like are utilizing or using like give props to the field that you're working in including like you know your fellow uh, sex workers and porn performers because you can't go into like the industry and then be like yeah i got my money and then scooch because that doesn't really help the industry how do we then feed the industry and how do we kind of look after the people who don't get their chance to like you know be um to have the same sort of like accessibility as other as other people whether it's like you know migrant or like um, full service sex workers or like trans sex workers or like people who don't have the same uh, opportunities as other people
0: yeah exactly this is like such a heavy topic too and important mm. and do you feel that it it has changed over the years or is changing or
1: i feel for every change that comes it's always like you know a step back in regards to like laws and um basically more um anti-porn rhetoric that is being that has been coming up a lot more i think we are in a we're in a world which is very saturated with information and not all information is actually like good information so i think as one like the only fans industry has already been like heavily saturated now because a lot of people are using this as a way to kind of to kind of um, to either have like a good income or to to like have the first steps into the porn industry because everybody wants to. I'm, there's a lot of people who reach out to me and ask me like, "How do I get into the porn industry?" And I'm like, well, I can't tell you because I'm I'm archaic. <laughs> like, I just happened to come at a time before everything kind of blew up, and. I think, yeah, we, there's, you really have to kind of, like, be on your game a lot more than and ever from, like, um, how you promote yourself, how much you post, how much you, like, you know, go out and do videos and stuff like that. Like, I'm terrible with that.
0: I'm, I'm really
1: mean or good with, like, posting stuff. But you are like,
0: also in all movies. You don't have to do <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah, but, I mean, you know, in terms of, like, still creating and still like making work i think it's 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 always nice to try to kind of like you know improve some level of skill but i think if i was new Mm. um i think that's a really great thing to be had for like you know like certain queer porn scenes because like for people who want to explore like you know uh sexuality in a way that's not necessarily like um mainstream basically there's like so much you can actually do and so many topics you can explore and so many ways to actually express them, which I find fascinating and really beautiful. Um, I think going to the mainstream directly is something that takes a lot of deliberation and a lot of time to kind of really be sure if that's something that you want to do. And then also being aware that like I, like when I first started doing porn, I gave myself an oath in that if anybody should approach me about working in porn or like haven't seen me in a porn movie, then the first thing I'll say is like, oh, where did you see it? Because I wanted to take the power away from the people who are like, I saw you in a porn. I'm like, oh great, where did you see it? So then they're like, oh, well I saw it in here. I'm like, oh, cool, nice. That's me looking over somewhere else, looking at my phone. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was like the part of the joke.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, you obviously come across that a lot. Did you, would you say you knew what you were getting yourself into when you started?
1: Sure. I yeah. mean,
0: you did like a lot of research before on these things, or? It's not really so
1: much about research. It's just more about the fact of like how, in a time when it, the internet became a lot more like, you know, um, of a permanent thing in people's lives, how. Once you put something in the internet, it's forever. Yeah. And then as a response, how my family would actually deal with it. And that's something especially I mean, everybody's family takes it in so many different ways, but I feel like at the time I thought, okay, because I'm coming from a black like background and because like you know, I'm also bisexual, then like obviously you're gonna see your son or your brother or like whatever doing all kinds of things on like on like, on the internet um or on a magazine in somewhere in soho <laughs> you know so i mean at some point like you, that's one of the things that like i always had to kind of like think forward you know and like you mentioned beforehand in that i had to make sure that what i was going to do i can actually own i can actually own and take ownership of and actually be accountable for myself basically and not being in any way um not being in any way, like, um, scared or, like, in any way, like, uh, regretful of my decisions.
0: Yeah, like, that's if so I, important, yeah. Mm. Because what you said, like, being in power of the situation, it's, like, it's all, it's about... Did you ever feel that you were not in power of the situation?
1: Sure, there's a few scenes, there's a few shoots I've done where, like, it's not been something that I felt that I've had my own agency for, um... And sometimes that comes off as, as people who obviously there's a few mainstream scenes where you're just like, okay, well, that wasn't my favorite thing. And I feel like that was just a money grab and that's fine because like, you know, still, I got to pay our bills. Right. And, but the things that I found more interesting are the people who come to the porn industry with this idea of porn being terrible and they want to change porn. Because then, I mean, it's different ways to go about it, but there's some people who really believe that, like, you know, what they create is going to be, like, the complete... They're doing something that's really different and really, like, oh, we're going to show this and this and this and this and this. I'm like, okay, cool, great, but... First of all, you're coming in from a from, from an outsider's point of view. You've never worked in a porn before. you never starred in a porn before. And that becomes problematic when you try to come in and fix something that... You feel needs to be fixed. Of course, there are problems with like, or the issues with pornography that most of us are very much aware of. But it's not the be all and the end all. And also, like on that same curve, ethical porn or independent porn is not like better than mainstream porn. It's because it, in the eyes of the outsiders, it's still porn. So it doesn't matter if you're like, oh, this is better than this porn. It's like, well, no, you're pitting people against each other. Whereas from the outside point of view from like governors to lawyers to like you know to whatever people who want to like throw laws at like sex workers and stuff it doesn't, that doesn't matter it really doesn't matter you're still pornography you're still doing something that is seen as like um exploitative that people on twitter who will still be like yeah but like what's ethical porn anyway Why does it make it ethical and this and this and this mm, you know there's always yes. going to be somebody who um who's going to look down at like the whole industry no matter how much you say like yeah but i'm different to that i'm not like those other porn actors you know like no Mm. don't do that
0: no exactly do you why would you say that people should pay for their porn
1: well i mean like this is an industry Mm. and like every industry needs capital in order to operate i feel we are we're very spoiled in regards to like having access to free things in regards to pornography in regards to like, you know, other things like music or um, anime or anything else like that. But I think at the same time, it takes, it takes somebody's effort and like blood, sweat and tears and cum and (laughs) other fluids to basically um, create the work that you're basically jacking off to or masturbating to. So, If you really, really do like the industry that you're consuming, you also have to like find ways to support said industry. Mm -hmm. If you want something that is different in the sense of more intimate, um, more uh, unique in terms of body diversity, diversity, diversity
0: yeah. diversity yeah my
1: gosh wow
0: sometimes words sound different when you say them <laughs> You're like is that
1: a word I was about <laughs> to say di- diversity or something and I'm yeah. like that's that's not even what is that <laughs> so like bo- diverse bodies um, different types of people uh, like obviously if there's some, if there's a performer that you really like following and you like their work then pay them
0: Okay, what is the best thing about your job?
1: Which one? (laughs) There's so many different things. The porn. uh, The porn. um, Well, I mean, other than working with, like, amazing performers, um, some of which are based in Berlin, some of which are based in most other parts of Europe, and also some of which are based in, like, the States as well, that's always fun to um, work with these different types of people because I just, like... The opportunity to actually like you know see other forms of sexuality being expressed um also getting the chance to work with like different companies that um and may have not seen beforehand but then like getting to know about them like i never really kind of fully knew who four chambers was before i worked with them and now i absolutely adore them even though funnily enough we knew we what we went to the same club back when we were back in london so it was kind of funny just having that sort of like weird six degrees of separation thing um and yeah i i it's always nice to kind of be able to show my own representation of sexuality and enjoyment basically i'm uh i've noticed over the years that the way that I orgasm or the way that like you know I kind of feel my ejaculation is completely evolving into the point where like it's, it's before when it's such a very focal to to like genitalia now it's kind of like oh it's a full body experience so then you know I laugh a lot or I cry a lot or I'm loud and that's also my personal life with my partners and I think that's really amazing because I never would have and that's another thing as well getting the chance to explore particular like kinks or things that i really enjoy that I would or would like to explore which i probably wouldn't have explored in my personal life but given the fact that like i can do it in this particular safe confines of 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 a studio ironic as it sounds um it's nice to actually get the opportunity to try it out and if it works it works and if it doesn't it doesn't and sometimes it's worked really amazingly and i'm like oh that was really hot that was really sexy and now i could take that back with me and be like hey i did this really cool thing um and i really because like i bishop the performer and bishop the the person are very much close to each other so Mm, that's um, really interesting i should have asked about that yeah thank you for (laughs) handing that to
0: me (laughs)
1: yeah there's like there's not really so much of a distinction between when i'm on camera unless it's a particular like for example uh bang click bang where like you know we have this whole group of like misfits basically and i'm acting in a role so that's a different thing completely to um i don't know um can you see me by um by need sever for ex confessions which is like still acting in the role but at the same time there's still a little bit of myself a little bit of my personality that's in there you know um so even when it comes to sex itself i'm not acting like another person doing something like um, sexual. I'm not like, well, you know, that was Bishop here, but now I'm Bishop the fucker and I'm going to go fuck somebody. You know, like, nah, that's <laughs> not it. Like, It's always like, there's always my own um, self in there as well. That like,
0: feels very authentic. Mm. And that feels like then you, I don't know. It feels...
2: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby.
0: I'm I'm sure it's fun also to play roles, but it also feels like it takes more natural and maybe more enjoyable to also be able to be you at work.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Like, What are some lessons you learned along the way?
1: If something doesn't feel right, don't do it. Because I think there there have been some shoots I've done in which looking back i don't feel particularly like aligned to um because of the fact that maybe the director wasn't really keen about changing the actual script to kind of relate the fact that there's somebody of color in the script now so some things kind of came off poorly and i think in that sense if i actually spoken up about it a bit more i would have probably been more like you know what this doesn't really kind of make sense to me and i don't think i'm actually the right person for this mm-hmm. because even if i can do a particular or i fit the recommendation or specifics of the character if you can't change the particular like you know schema or like the the theme and you decide to kind of like go with this theme that then in terms kind of comes up really in bad taste it's not the best so i mean like don't do something that you don't want to do and i think like you know there's always going to be another particular like you know gig there'll be another um show there'll be another chance to like film um and i think a lot of times maybe you need to kind of take things into your own hands and actually create the work that you want to see it's not always easy and i feel like this is this can come off as a very flippant comment in that sort of regard but you should always take care of your own particular. like Agency, your own autonomy, and also take care of yourself. Even if it means trying to like look for money elsewhere, if you don't do the film that you want to do. Because mm. I think you know when you do something that you're not comfortable with or you're not happy with, then that's just something that you just want to kind of. I usually just erase it in my mind, but some other people might find, oh, that's something that I, I kind of regret. And I tend not to. I try not to regret the work that I've created, but I do feel that. In future, I would not do this, or in future, I would not do that.
0: Brilliant. The masterclass.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> uh, what is something you think the porn industry needs more of?
1: I met a company called Royale at the last X-Biz Berlin uh, convention, and they work and doing audio porn. Um I know also that Cheeks are also working in um audio porn as well. And I find this actually really interesting because um obviously titillation or enjoyment of erotic audio is something that I haven't really kind of focused on so much but I think it's something that can be very much if done right can be super hot and super, super sexy. I mean, I I listen to a lot of audio because I watch a lot of videos for my my other job. Um, And that sometimes when you see something visual that's quite hot, but then you hear something visual, or so you hear something, especially like, because I don't
0: sound is a big sound is a
1: very big thing and it depends on like how people enjoy this their, the the sex you can t- kind of tell if that's something that you can feel like you would what you would enjoy as well or you're like okay well i'm glad that this person's enjoying their porn <laughs> i'm glad the person's enjoying the scene you know and for me i'm very like i'm very sensitive to sound uh visual things can be like whatever um I'm, there's some things i just don't enjoy in porn like spit is one of the major things i'm
0: really yes and that's something a lot of people really enjoy i feel that's really interesting
1: it depends really because i think it's what we talked about before we actually started to record in that when it comes to people filming their own content there's a difference between actually being connected to your partner and actually doing something for the sake of like, of, of being like, of doing something for the partner because you enjoy doing it uh, as opposed to doing something for the sake of doing something. So if I see somebody doing a very sloppy, wet, spitty blow job and they're just spitting all over that dick, it doesn't turn me on. Actually. It's a, it's one of the, it's one of my hard limits. Um, but, on the subject of audio porn, I think that could be quite... Because I have a very strong visual imagination. Um, and if a, if the person who's doing the audio porn comes out in a way that's super um, descriptive, but it also has a really nice voice to it, and you can kind of just, just listen and enjoy and be like, oh, this is actually really, really hot. Like, I think a lot of times we tend to ignore the imagination of ourselves for the sake of actually like seeing something that somebody else creates where and I i'm saying this is every time maybe this is mostly just me maybe i'm kind of the person who tends to ignore like you know imagination stuff but i think audio stuff really can be something that can create a whole mood can create a whole like um sensation or You're create something. It. yeah i mean I, am, I
0: i am all for it
1: i'm i now feel like i need
0: to get it <laughs> we need
1: to there needs to be more audio porn and needs yeah. to be more good audio porn that actually shows something that or like gives you that sort of like sense of oh this is so hot oh my god i'm so like you know like yeah. i'm yearning to have the experience that i'm yearning to take that sort of uh that 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 scenario that somebody just spoke about and like bring it into my own personal life you know that thing for me sounds really attractive yes i'm really sexy
0: super hot <laughs> yeah i'm gonna start to subscribe <laughs> I'm there for it yeah you really sold it good it's weird <laughs> it's like you need to like g- sometimes get things in your face mm. to know you need it in your yes. life oh
1: yeah so to speak
0: <laughs> <laughs> nailed it okay thank you so so much extra material yay Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so good juicy Sweet. juicy juicy love it um, no, yeah, I have some more questions for the extra material.
1: Oh, extra material! Yeah, so that's material, only extra. for our
0: Patreons Okay, cool. But it's go- it's gonna be patrons.